we're finally entering the state of Nevada. Home to Las Vegas and apparently some mafia shenanigans back in the day, this state has its fair share of horror stories. From ghosts to creepy people, these viewers sent in their allegedly true and creepy experiences from Nevada. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, whether it's from your home state or somewhere else, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. Now, be sure to sit back, relax, hit that like button if you haven't, and be sure to subscribe if you're new, and get ready for some allegedly true Nevada Horror Stories. I used to spend my summers in a tiny little town in rural Nevada. My grandparents had about an acre of property that was connected to my great-aunt's two-acre property. It was a tall, high-desert landscape, right on a riverbed. It had tons of huge cottonwoods, and weird things used to come up from the river all the time. Badgers, cougars, etc. I had four loud and fearless dogs that kind of roamed our part of the property and kept us aware of coyotes, deer, etc. If anything came near our fence line, you would know. So basically, to paint the picture, it's a country setting, with loud barking dogs, lots of critters everywhere, etc. Well, my aunt's property had two houses. There was her main house, and this house called the Dog House. It was built when her husband was still around. It was pretty much his man cave. It was super tiny one-bedroom house, and it had a huge garage for doing metalwork, carpentry, machine stuff, etc. It was filled with his fishing and hunting gear. His friends would come over and they would drink beer while working on stuff. He passed away about six years prior to this. At this time, my aunt sold things that she no longer used and rented it out. She had this woman named Sherry rented out first. I was nine or ten at the time, and Sherry soon became one of my favorite friends. She considered me like a granddaughter. We were both obsessed with ghosts. Ghost TV shows, the like. This was right when the first Ghost Hunter type shows were coming out. Ghost stories, all kinds of cool stuff. I was a weird little girl and wanted to hunt paranormal type stuff. There was a lot of quote unquote evidence that maybe our property had paranormal activity. I was constantly outside trying to see what I could find. I'd always force all of my friends to explore at night with me. It was kind of fun. So, Sherry and I have lots of popcorn and getting ready to watch our scary ghost reality show. Her daughter-in-law and her grandkids also join us. Before the show started, I heard my dogs going crazy outside when my grandpa was yelling at them to shut up. The good old rule of life. We looked outside and saw nothing at the time. We eventually got settled in and gathered around to start watching our show. Her son hung out on the computer and was surfing the internet on what had to been some of the worst dial-up ever. He was pausing in between loading old internet pages and watching the show, kind of not as into it as the rest of us. This continues for about 20 minutes when he looks around, pauses, and then says, Mom, don't freak out, but there's a man staring at you from the window. 
So we all look up and there is a huge guy with his hands over his eyes peeking into the living room, staring straight at Sherry. He's looking through a small paned window that was above a fireplace so we can see his head. We all just kind of sat there in pure silence and terror and looked around at each other as this was happening. I immediately freaked out and shrank away into the blanket because I was terrified. It only takes a few seconds and the man at the window darts away. We then hear a loud pounding at the door. We all just kind of look at each other in pure terror and shock because we are setting ourselves up to get spooked, but holy crap, we are not expecting anything real. Finally, her son says, well, is somebody going to get the door? We all say no and I continue to shrink away into my blanket on the couch. Her son grabs a gun and runs to the door. He doesn't see anyone through the peephole. He slowly opens the door to find whoever it was had taken off. We called my grandparents, great aunt, neighbors, and no one was out there. No one had any idea who could be either. We then called the police and they came out and took our statement, but nothing really ever came of it because they never found anything. Whoever it was ran away really fast. It was a dumb, unnecessary, scary moment. It was something that I don't think I'll ever forget. I want to say several things before I begin. First, this happened many years ago. I'm 27 now, but this took place when I was around 18 or 19. Also, I'm by no means a weak or small woman. I was and still am about 5'9 and 150 pounds, so it's safe to say that I could hold my own if the situation required it. Now, on to the story. Flashback to summer of 2012. I was going on vacation with some of my friends from college. It was essentially just a road trip across several states with a few other girls, but at the time, that was the first vacation I'd ever really been on, so it seemed amazing. Our starting place was in central Nevada, where we were all from, and we planned on going all the way to Rapid City, South Dakota. In hindsight, it probably wasn't wise of five girls to travel that far all alone. But you know how you feel when you're young, invincible like nothing could ever happen to you. I'll get to the actual event now. After a few hours of driving, one of my friends said she needed to pee. I honestly couldn't give you the exact location, but it was somewhere in Nevada. It took about 20 minutes, but we finally found a rest stop where we could pull over, use the restroom, and just relax for a moment. I relieved myself, grabbed a snack from the car, and wandered over to the bench to sit alone for a while. As you can imagine, being trapped in a hot car with five other girls for hours on end really put a strain on our friendship. Maybe five minutes passed of me just sitting there and staring at the sky when an older man, possibly in his 50s, came and sat beside me. Cool, whatever, free country. There weren't that many benches, and the sun was just starting to set. So it's not like it was extremely dark or anything. He tried to chat me up in the usual small talk, but I wasn't really interested in talking to him. He said, how are you? Where are you from? What's your name? Etc. But I tried my best to convey that I wasn't interested. I was giving him one-word answers and refusing to make eye contact with him, but he wouldn't let up. I was starting to wonder why my friends were taking so long to pee when he popped the question, how much? I didn't really know what he meant at first, but I clued in pretty quickly when he started to try to rub my thigh. This probably was not the wisest decision I've made, 
but me being a dumb, young hothead said, F off. Hearing me say this made his whole demeanor change. He stood up, looming over me, and said something to the effect of, You should be more respectful. He tried once more to grab at my arm, but I pushed him off and stood up. Now that I was face to face with him, I could see that I was at least four inches taller than him. Seeing that I was bigger than him, he felt intimidated, backed off, but not before calling me a bitch. I tried to act tough and walk away confidently, but I broke down sobbing once I was a few feet away from the car. To my surprise, all my friends were already sitting there waiting for me. Apparently, they had just assumed that I was having trouble in the bathroom, although they should have noticed that I wasn't in there. They comforted me as I cried and told them what happened, but I'm still angry that they didn't come look for me, being that I was the youngest of the group. We continued our way to Rapid City and made it there in record time without any other incidents. About a year and a half ago in June, my brother and I were driving back from Ely, Nevada to Las Vegas. If you know Nevada, you understand how sparsely populated the state is outside of Reno, Carson City, and Las Vegas. So we are about an hour or so into the drive when we realize we can't make it back without falling asleep. As it was already late at night, we agree to stop at a hotel for the night. We come to a town called King. I have never heard of King, Nevada, nor have I ever found anything about it. No matter how hard I look it up, no matter who I ask, I can never find any information. It looks like one of those old western movie towns where it's one road with the little buildings on each side, about the same size as one of the towns. All there really was of note was a hotel we stayed at, called King Hotel, and a McDonald's. The few other buildings didn't seem really worth looking at. We have not seen anyone or any cars while driving in the town. We got into the hotel to see the only person we have ever seen in the place, the single clerk at the front desk. We get our room key and go straight to bed. We are woken up by talking outside, sometime around 8am, because when we woke up, we realized there was no clock in the room. In fact, there was only the beds, toilet, shower, and sink, not even a dresser or TV. We go outside to leave. The hotel clerk isn't there, so we leave our key at the desk. No one else was ever inside the hotel. We still haven't figured out where the talking came from. We go to the McDonald's to eat, however, it's drive-through only. We order our McMuffins and drive-through. Then, we go to the corner to pay and get our food at the next window. We see the bag already sitting on the shelf outside the window, with the window closed and dark. We get our food and leave without paying. We didn't want to stick around anymore. We were honestly getting a bit scared at this point. There was no cell service, nor did we ever remember arriving there. We just remembered suddenly finding ourselves in that town. I was reminded of this a few hours ago because I was listening to the Swamp Dweller show and heard a story that was similar to mine in Utah. We only ever saw one person there, the hotel attendant. We drove for half an hour before we saw any road signs again. He and I both remember it the same, so I don't think we hallucinated or anything. Does anybody have any idea what we experienced? Okay, 
So I have kind of a crazy story, and I'm looking for some answers. A few days ago, I was driving home from college in Colorado to California. Yes, I did the whole 19-hour drive in one go. I was about midway through I-80 in Nevada at around 1am. I get a call from my sister telling me an old friend just died. My sister and I both knew him and he was pretty good friends of ours. I'm not going to say his name, but he was around my age at the time which was 18. I was best friends with him back in middle school and we stopped hanging out in high school. I'm going to tell a brief story about his death as this may play into the question that happened that night. His dad posted a video to YouTube explaining this. Apparently six weeks ago, he woke up with a spiritual awakening, and he was starting to concern his parents. He turned into a different person entirely, but at the same time, he mended his parents' hurt relationship and reconnected his disjointed family. A couple of days before he died, he took his mom into a dark room in his house and told her his wings just grew. A couple of days after that, he died in a car crash from accidentally swerving off a mountain road. The day before he died, his parents said he stated that all he wanted to do was spread love to 7 billion people on earth. Back to what happened in my car. After hearing this news, I felt bad. I turned off my music and sent out a prayer to him and his family. About an hour later, I was gazing out to the beautiful stars through my windshield. Out of nowhere, this blue glowing orb flew out of the sky right in front of me and then flew off into thin air. There was a trail of orange sparks behind it. It was beautiful. I'm not a crazy person and have never been the type to hallucinate anything. This whole thing took about two seconds. It was probably 500 to 600 feet in front of me. I have been going through beating an addiction and have been off the substance for two weeks now and it has been hard on me but in the last two weeks I felt more like a new person than ever before. I enjoy the little things more and live for life, not my past addiction. I also feel like the chances of this orb flying in front of me, him dying, and all of this happening within two weeks into beating my addiction can't be a coincidence. Before this, I've never even believed in paranormal stuff at all, but my mind is slightly changed after this. It's not necessarily the most terrifying story, but it's strange and beautiful at the same time. Personally, I'm an alien geek. I like the idea of aliens and I think it's cool to think of how big the universe is and all that. However, I am skeptical that there are beings visiting us just to mess with our crops, mutilate some cattle, probe us, and peace out. I know there are other reasons and theories behind visitations, but dang, why don't we have more concrete evidence? All in all, I remain to be an alien geek. Enough that I took a two-hour detour while driving my family from Las Vegas to Salt Lake City to drive by Rachel, Nevada, and see Area 51. We wanted to get some souvenirs at the Little Alien and head on our way. We were running late, so by the time we got back to Highway 93 to head up into Utah, it was probably 10 p.m. and super dark outside. But the stars were bright because there is nothing out there, no light pollution to speak of. We were probably going 60 miles per hour at the time, and we're pretty good into our trip, the whole encounter probably took about a minute and a half. First, I saw a horizontal arc or semicircle of about 12 lights that flashed on and were brighter than anything else in the sky. Then I saw them. I just yelled to my wife, What am I looking at? She gasped and questioned further. 
The semicircle suddenly, sequentially blinked off for a second, and then back on. We were left there questioning each other. It was below the scattered clouds, and I started guessing what it could be, maybe some sort of airplane flare? But nothing really seemed right, because it wasn't really moving, it was still in the sky. Of course, being the hopeful skeptic that I am, my eyes are glued to the sky. About 20 seconds later, I see something darkening the clouds in front of us. Like I could see it, swoop in front of the stars. That is when the same brightness of a dozen or so lights turned on into a clear triangle shape. A few seconds later, another grouping of lights blinked on next to the triangle, creating a diamond. The diamond shape was not connected to the triangle, and it seemed to be staticky, since it was shining through like a light cloud. Mind you, these second lights were clearly surrounded by a cloud, but they were not dimmed at all by the cloud. Both shapes were perfectly symmetrical and seemingly facing us, the only people within 50 miles. These lights tracked us for about 15 seconds, and I yell to my wife to grab the phone for a camera. Almost the instant she brings the camera up, the lights go out. We see another flash far above the clouds a few seconds later, but they are gone. My question is, what on earth did I see in the middle of the Nevada desert? Dozens of high-altitude drones? Is that even a thing? What kind of aircraft makes geometrical shapes in intensely bright light formations? I'm completely confused and a bit terrified. On our way home from a camping trip, my family stopped by the Oak Springs trilobite site to fossil hunt. If you don't know the southeastern Nevada desert, the attractions are low to moderately traveled, and you will often be one of the only visitors. This site was empty, and we were the only people there for a quarter mile. The trail leads you to a shale deposit where you can sift through for fossils. Shortly after, starting out, I heard a man calling out conversationally. Not really shouting, but talking loudly enough to communicate with someone a distance away. I was facing west on a south-facing slope, and he sounded like he was down to the left, closer to me than the highway. I paused and looked around. There was no dust or engine noises coming from OHVs, so no crunching or footsteps were happening. It was completely silent. There were flies buzzing about and decided a bug buzzed in my ear. A minute later, I heard another man call out, this time up the slope to my right. Probably another bug, I thought. Sounds can be strange in the rocky canyons. No big deal. We came upon the site, dug around for about 30 minutes or so, and found a few unimpressive specimens and headed back to the truck. At this point, I had forgotten all about the voices. Driving away, I asked my husband, What do you think that was? It was pretty cool. I'm the rock hound and never knew if he's enjoying my hobby or not as much as I am. He replied, Sure, it was pretty cool. Pause. But I kept hearing these voices, and I couldn't tell where they were coming from. He had a face shield over his ears the entire time, making it unlikely a bug could have buzzed in there. He said he was hearing them on the way back to the truck as well. He heard them calling out at least three times. Caliente is nearby, and Pioche is a bit further. And both towns have histories dating back to the ye old mining days and Mormon frontiering. There's a lot of railroad, gunfights, and Native American raid stories. 
Some weird Warren Jefferson type stuff as well. Not to mention, Area 51 being a short, relatively nearby area. Now, we are atheists and skeptics, don't believe in ghost stories, and neither of us have ever had paranormal experiences. But this one had us scratching our heads. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true Nevada horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm and that's incredibly helpful to the swamp. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Be sure to hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them nearly every single day on all things natural and supernatural. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please be sure to give this a 5-star rating as it helps me out a ton over there. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium but would like to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and pretty much anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. It's absolutely free and always will be. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story was your favorite one tonight. I know, I know, it's always so hard to pick one. Tonight's stories were more strange than horrifying, that's for sure. I'd love to know what state you guys would like to see me cover next. I've covered almost 30 of them now. We're getting down to the nitty gritty here. If you would like to support the swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and checking out our stuff on iTunes and Apple Podcast, maybe check out the official Swamp Dweller merch store. I have t-shirts, hoodies, face masks, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool swamp threads. Be sure to join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and I will see you all soon with another creepy episode.